a good move. Why'd you dance him? Dancing is forbidden. Running crew, welcome to Dancing is Forbidden and Aqua Teen Hunger Force Exploration. I am Ronnie, and on this podcast, I am watching through and talking about every Aqua Teen episode, one episode at a time. And since it is the end of the month, we are taking a break from the normal Aqua Teen episodes and discussing an Aqua Donk side piece. And the side piece we are talking about this week is the second one the Brood Wrap. I noticed you didn't mention uh, sun dried. No sun dried tomatoes this time. A lesson has been learned. The Brood Rap premiering April 19th, 2022. And I'm really excited to get into this one because if you listen to my coverage of The Return of Hand Banana, wasn't really crazy on that one, but this one is, is a step in the direction that I was really hoping Aquadonk would take. Really enjoyed this one, and I'm excited to talk about it too because I have some information from Dana Snyder and Nick Gibbons, an editor on the show. We haven't talked about him on the main podcast episodes because he doesn't join the show until a little bit later, but I have some information from both of those guys, and I'm really excited to give it to you. Before I can do that, though, we've got some Aqua Teen news this week that I want to let you in on. First of all, there is a new Aqua Teen Hunger Force fan game called Aqua Teen Hunger Force, the very unofficial game. It's on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5, and my understanding is you need to have a game called Dreams to play it. So link to that in the show notes, a link to the YouTube channel. I, I assume it's free to play the game. You just need to buy the, the game called Dreams that it's kind of like built in. But there's a YouTube video showing some of the gameplay. It looks very fun. And I have my friend's PlayStation 4 right now because I, I'm playing a game, The Last of Us, that he lent it for me to play that. And so I'll definitely be picking up Dreams and checking this out. I'll make a little video probably, put that up on the YouTube. And I also plan to get the guy who made it, who goes by Kirk Explosion, on the podcast at some point soon to ask him some questions about it. Very cool to see you know, this, this fan-made game. I remember back in 2005 playing fan-made Aqua Teen games and as a kid trying to make my own as well. So cool to see that people are still doing these. He says he worked on and off for about three years to get this thing done. So definitely the work shows to me. I mean, this is really cool. It's a full 3D environment of the Aqua Teen's uh, little neighborhood area, and you can do all sorts of stuff in it. So definitely check that out. Otherwise, I want to mention that Dana Snyder has popped up on two other podcasts. First of all, he was on a podcast called The Story Details. This is a very, very recent episode, and he gives some information on Aquadonk, on the upcoming film. He gives some information I haven't heard elsewhere. I'm not going to spoil it here. Go listen to it, The Story Details podcast. Link to that in the show notes. It seems like Dana Snyder was in a great mood that day, and it was really fun to listen in. Otherwise, Justin Yates, who you might see on Instagram as Outlaw Star Collector, he has a huge Aqua Teen collection. T-shirts. Uh, figurines, everything, all sorts of Aqua Teen memorabilia. He probably has it. He had a really long conversation with Dana uh, a couple weeks ago, and that's on YouTube in two parts. You can watch it there, and that's a great talk as well. You get a big look into who Dana Snyder is outside of Master Shake, but there are some great Aqua Teen-related questions that I had never heard Dana be asked before. So definitely check out both of these. Dana Snyder on the Story Details podcast and also over on Justin Yates' YouTube channel. I guess his podcast is called the Tell Me Something Great podcast, although this is just on YouTube, so you can't find it on any podcast apps or anything like that. However, I would suggest, you know, you would want to watch it on YouTube. There's a, a lot of visual elements because 
Justin is showing Dana things. Dana is showing Justin things. So it makes sense that you would want to watch this. And hey, since we're already talking about podcasts, great things come in threes. I got to shout out my homeboys over at the Master Shake Theater podcast. I haven't mentioned them in a while. There is another Aqua Teen podcast. It's a very different kind of show than mine. A bunch of friends who go back way back, they just, you know, talk about Aqua Teen, talk about other things alongside the episode they are discussing that week. As of this recording, they just put out one covering season two, episode two superhero and i really really liked their talk because if you listen to my coverage of superhero even though i grew up loving that episode on rewatch as an adult i i wasn't that into the episode but these guys loved it they're saying it's their favorite of of you know the whole show so far of their coverage so i love being able to hear an opinion different than mine and i just love hearing people love something that didn't quite click with me it's, it's just a great feeling for me and and very funny because i i trash metallica's saint anger on that episode, I believe, and uh, they have a different take on it over there. So definitely check out the Master Shake Theater podcast. You know, a year ago, there were no Aqua Teen podcasts. Now there are two. What a time to be alive. But all right, let's head over and let's talk about episode two of Aqua Donk Side Pieces, The Brood Rap. The Brood Rap premiering on Adult Swim's YouTube channel on April 19th, 2022. And I want to mention here, I have a little bit of Aquadonk info to give, like in general, that I didn't have back when I talked about Ham Banana. So I was kind of confused because at the end it says original Aquadonk theme song or something along those lines by, I think it's DJAT and T's. The, the letters are so squished together, I can't really tell if it's DJAT or DJAT. I don't know. I don't know which one. But in, in the last Aquadonk episode, I believe I said something like, oh, you know, what original music? There's no theme song or anything. And... Over on Adult Swim's website, there were these little intros that I wasn't getting because I was watching on YouTube, and they have since ported those intros into the YouTube videos. So now if you go back and watch any of the Aquadonks, there's a little intro of whatever the subject of that Aquadonk is uh, moving around or something to some music, and it says Aquadonk side pieces on it. A little title card, I guess, at the beginning. Those weren't there originally on the YouTube, so that solves that mystery. Moving on to this specific Aquadonk, though, the Brood rap we have the return of the brood witch in a way this is a little difficult and i guess i'll just talk about it here so in the brood witch episode which premiered november 2nd 2003 actually we're covering that one on the podcast feed coming up soon it's actually uh we're doing the shaving and then we're doing brood witch so kind of kind of funny that we're talking about this one and then we're gonna hit the brood witch in a couple weeks but anyways in that episode, the voice isn't the sandwich. It's like a disembodied voice that is trying to get somebody to eat the sandwich so that they die. It's never indicated that the sandwich is the one actually talking. And when we hear the voice, we see the characters like look up to kind of hear it. So it's definitely established in that episode that the brood witch is not the one talking. It's just an object that this disembodied demonic voice is using to get people to die. In this episode, though, it's different because... The brood rap is the one talking, and it moves around and stuff. The brood witch never moved. The brood rap does in this episode, and it's kind of like a character in itself, as opposed to the original, the brood witch was just an object. So I go on that tangent to say that Isaac Hayes III is returning here, but instead of just being the disembodied voice, he seems to actually be the brood rap. Isaac Hayes III, somebody I've talked about over on the Patreon feed. I understand not everybody is subscribed there, obviously. And we will get more into him on the Brood Witch episode, so I'm not going to give too much info on him. But he was in the Aqua Teen Hunger Force colon movie film for theaters as well. And not returning here, 
are John Glazer and H. John Benjamin, who played those stick figures in the original. They're not in this one, which is a disappointment, but I understand why they're not here, because this thing is three minutes long. How could they fit all that in? But a little fun fact for you that I'll mention again probably on the Brood Witch episode is that on the Aqua Teen Hunger Force colon movie film for theaters, we have Isaac Hayes, the third playing a character. And in that same scene are also John Glazer and H. John Benjamin. So all those three guys come back in a scene in that film playing totally different characters. And Isaac Hayes, the third, the son of Isaac Hayes Jr., who played Chef on South Park. And both of those guys, of course, musicians as well. Uh, fantastic musicians in their own right. So I mentioned that H. John Benjamin, John Glazer don't come back, but there is a new person in this episode who wasn't in the original. We have Carl making an appearance and interacting with the brood rap, which is exactly what I wanted from Aquadunk. I was hoping that Aquadunk would recontextualize these uh, villains or, or monsters or what have you and put them in situations they weren't in before. So the return of Hand Banana didn't really do that, and that's why I was bummed out. But the brood rap does because we didn't see Carl in that brood witch episode whatsoever. So it's great to get him involved and see what happens. But we also get more of a look than that. We see what Carl is doing in 2022 to make ends meet. He's out of the home. He's working out of the home now let me tell you he is driving for a doordash kind of spoof company called ding dong doofus and this i just really appreciate because doordash it was around while aqua Teen was still on the air it, it started in 2013 i'm seeing but i hadn't heard of it until probably a little bit before the pandemic started so i really love that they are bringing the aqua teens into 2022 they're not pretending like it's still 2015 or or whatever year they want to set them in they're obviously in the modern day now and we see how that affects them. And we see Carl having to drive for DoorDash to make ends meet, I assume. So, all right, we're going to jump into the episode finally now. I'll start describing some stuff. And this is really where my lack of knowledge will show in the Aqua Teen universe. Because obviously, on the main show, I guess, we're still in season two. And, and my watching and consumption of Aqua Teen really only went up to season two growing up. And then I dropped off for a while. So I have seen a lot of newer episodes, but... I don't recognize the strip mall, but it's possible that it has been used in Aqua Teen before. But but to me, it's it's kind of new. So so we open in a strip mall. We see there is a, a sign that just says dollar on one side. I suppose it's supposed to be like a dollar store. At least that's what I assume. There is a sub shop called Substandard, which is a great name for, for a sub shop. And then a place that says nails. But there are some four lease signs in the window there. So I guess nails has gone on a business. And then we just see some cars in the parking lot. And, and there's a taxi. It says Taxi Mucho on it. I don't know if that's a, a callback to some other episode or what have you. We'll get there eventually. But yeah, Carl pulls right in front of Substandard. He's going way too fast. He slams on his brakes. There is smoke coming out of the back of his car because he brakes so hard. And on top, we see he has a Ding Dong Doofus sign, which is interesting because I don't think DoorDash or any of those other driving companies make you put a sign on top of your car, but still, it's a funny touch. Anyways, though, yeah, Carl slams on his brakes right in front of this place. He gets out. He's in, a, he's in a hurry, obviously. And we see he's wearing a bright cyan shirt. And it says, I'm proud to be a ding-dong doofus on it. So I guess you have to wear this shirt as well. Again, DoorDash, Uber Eats, they don't make you dress up, to my knowledge. But I guess they do here. Uh, in the background, I can see some information on Substandard. There's a neon sign that says open. Hours of operation, Monday through Thursday, 11 a.m. And then it's cut off. Then I see Friday through Saturday, 11 to some other time. And then Sunday, I can't quite make out. 
on the right side it says lunch special Monday through Friday, $4.99. That's not a bad deal at all. And the building number seems to be $22.73. So that's some information I can make out there. It looks like they accept MasterCard. So yeah, Carl gets out and he's he's carrying a uh what you would probably keep a full pizza in. So it's weird that he has such a large insulated carrying bag for the food. But yeah, that's what he has. He gets out and Back to this, I'm proud to be a ding-dong doofus shirt. The second I saw this shirt, you know I'm in Photoshop and I'm recreating this shirt as close as possible. I printed one out and I've had it for a while now. I forgot to mention it and I haven't taken a picture in it, but I'll put a picture up on Instagram by the time this comes out and on Twitter too. And I gotta say, I don't know the legalities of this. I assume it's safe to sell because I know there's gonna be some of you who want the shirt as well. It's not quite like Carl's. I, I couldn't get a shirt with with a collar like his has, and it's not quite as as bright cyan, but it's a blue shirt that says, I'm proud to be a ding-dong doofus. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes if you'd like to buy your own. And I think I'm going to do a giveaway over on the Instagram for one of these shirts. So check the Instagram for that at AquatinePod. As soon as I saw this shirt, I'm like, this is hilarious. I have to have this. So yeah, the design is there. Get it if you want it. Anyways, moving on, describing the scene before we dive into it. Carl gets out of the car, he sprints, he's going fast, which is surprising, I I wouldn't think he would care that much, but he does. He runs in, he runs out super quickly, gets in his car, and then he tears ass forward. But you'll notice the staging on this is funny, because he's driving into a parking spot, it doesn't make sense. I mean, I guess he could uh, have accelerated really quickly and then slammed on the brakes again and pulled out or something. But the idea here seems to be that he is supposed to just drive away really quickly, but he wouldn't be able to, because there's building there. So funny on the staging there. And then we cut to Carl just speeding through downtown, there's just buildings everywhere. We see it's the same building pattern repeating, of course, I mean, it's a cartoon why wouldn't it and carl's nodding his head he's he's rocking out to his music and then he'll start to hear a voice from his bag let's jump into it taste someone say something taste the future Okay, whatever. Carl just turns his music up. Okay, whatever. He's just like, I'm not dealing with this. And let me give you some information on that music because when I was listening to that music, I'm like, wait a second. Rock and roll guitar. Matt Malero plays rock and roll guitar. What's going on here? So I reached out to Nick Gibbons, who is an editor on this episode. He's also listed as a producer. I asked him if he would happen to know if that was Matt Malero playing guitar. And Nick responded saying, I cut that episode, and originally it was just library music. Then Matt sent some guitar to play over the library music, so it was both. But I'm not sure what the final mix is. I'm actually randomly going to the sound study today, and I'll ask the guy that mixed the show. So very, very kind of Nick Givens to respond. I I didn't think that he would even respond, but the fact that he's like, oh, I'll, I'll check and find out for you and let you know. Unfortunately... He did follow up, but he said the guy who mixed the episode wasn't there that day, so he couldn't, you know, ask for me, and that's totally fine. I honestly think what Nick said seems to be the case, that it sounds like stock music, because I do hear some music underneath with just some some distorted guitar in the front of the mix, like really loud, and, and that seems to me to be what it is. It sounds like the kind of playing that Matt Malero does on the show all the time, so yeah, that really checks out to me, so thank you so much. To Nick for responding. Again, uh, I didn't expect him to at all, but he really went above and beyond. And check out his podcast, the Goat Dads Podcast. I've mentioned it here before. It's very, very funny. Some great parenting talk, but even if you're not a parent, it's still hilarious. I listen. I don't have any kids. 
It's a great time. He does that with John Mangan, who was on some other Adult Swim stuff as well. Very funny guy in his own right, and it's a great time. So check that out. Goat Dad's podcast. It's in the show notes. Dana Snyder was on that podcast. Dave Willis was. This is all recently. It's a very new podcast. And I got to say, your boy Ronnie, I asked them a question. They answered it on their podcast. I'm not going to tell you which one it is, though. Ha ha. You got to listen and find out. So, all right, back to our scene. Again, you'll be hearing Matt Malero rocking out, shredding them guitars. Boy, I love hearing them strings. He's got a way with them. And Carl's going to be talking. He's going to be trying to figure out, you know, where's that voice coming from? And then eventually the brood rap will reveal itself. It looks just like a rap with, you know, it's red, of course, the tortilla. And it has a little devil tail, little devil horns. But it will kind of reveal itself at the end of the clip. No dummy, I'm a man who is very smart here. It's a little <laughs> side money, that's all. You're nothing more than a sandwich delivery device. <laughs> who is talking in here? I'm tired of it. It is I, the brood rap. So the brood rap revealing itself there. It's giving Carl shit for being, as it says, a ding-dong dummy. And in this episode, they say ding-dong dummy, but all the written text says ding-dong doofus. So I wonder if there's a discrepancy there or not. Not really sure if they intended that. And yeah, we see the brood rap really, that is the voice. And I have to wonder, too, if Matt Malero, Dave Willis, when they wrote it, if they intended like, hey, let's do something different instead of just making it a disembodied voice, let's put it to the thing that is in the episode, the brood whatever, or if they just genuinely forgot that the voice wasn't actually the sandwich in, in the original episode, which again, go watch that episode. The voice is not coming from the sandwich at all. So really wonder what happened there. Uh, I'll just write that down and ask one of those guys if I ever get to talk to them. But at the same time, because this episode is so short, I feel like it kind of makes sense to just make the the brood rap be the one talking because the original episode's concept is a little bit more, like for lack of a better term, high concept. So they only have three minutes to play with here. They don't have a whole lot of time. So it makes sense, I think, for, for it being a short. Visually, Carl is driving here and, and in the end of our last clip, he puts his hand on his forehead. It zooms in on him. Then it goes back to the brood rap, which is now fully out of the container before it just was kind of peeking out now it's fully out we see its tail and everything it's kind of wrapped up in what is supposed to be tin foil i assume or aluminum foil or aluminium depending on uh where you're from so in our next clip there's a lot of visual elements here that i'm gonna have to describe to you the brood wrap is gonna explain how it was rebranded for vegetarians i guess uh that's their way to bring the brood witch into 2022 although i think they should have gone vegan really i think that would have been more on trend but yeah, it's vegetarian now, and it's going to start describing what's inside of it, and it's going to go into a lot of detail, and we're going to see a lot of different pictures. I am going to play the audio now, and then I'll go back and just touch on the things that we saw while it was describing. So again, Carl's driving. He just he just facepalmed because he doesn't want to be dealing with this weird Aqua Teen shit while he's just trying to do his second job. Oh, raps. Raps are for pussies. I've been rebranded <laughs> for vegetarians, but once <laughs> I was six solid feet of meat sheets. Now I'm made of tofu creamed in the bean genes of the underworld. Sliced beets nourished in the soil enriched from the decomposing corpses <laughs> of fondlers and fornicators. Pickled in the urine of a thousand incontinent calico cats and slathered in savory tzatziki sauce. The ejaculate of a thousand and orangutan <laughs> masturbating to a mirrored monolith from space. 
<laughs> Jesus Christ. This one, uh, I feel like it's a bit more extreme than the Brood Witch episode was. And that makes sense because besides the 20 year difference between the episodes, this one is on YouTube where they can get away with more. While Brood Witch came out on Cartoon Network in 2003, yes, it was a, the Adult Swim block, but it was Cartoon Network, so they couldn't quite have uh, all the stuff I'm going to describe to you. But some of the stuff you heard as well, it's just insane. So the Brood Rap says something along the lines of how it, it was made of meat before, and we see a giant mountain of meat when it's saying that, and there's like dump trucks full of meat, and there's a, a little plow thing with a giant mustard bottle in it so that was all the meat it used to be made from but then it goes through and shows that oh well i made of beets now but the beets were nourished in the soil of all these fornicators so we see beets they're in hell this is all taking place in hell of course we see some beets in the ground but the camera pans down and then we see what's underneath the surface and there's just all these skeletons in various sex positions we've got uh Every position you could think of, basically, is happening underneath. It's, it's all skeletons, and that's how the beats are grown. The brood rap then says, Pickled in the urine of 1,000 incontinent calico cats. Incontinent means that they have no control over their urine, so they're just always peeing. And we, we see in hell, it's just a giant blue litter box there. It's gigantic, but it looks like in nice shape. And it's just filled with cats, and they're just the, the cute little cat asset that we will see later in Aqua Teen. But something of note here is that they are not all calico cats. Calico cats have tricolored coats. We see some solid color cats here. We see a black cat, we see a brown cat, we see orange cats, gray cats. So not all of them are calico, although there are a few calico. Perhaps they somehow extract just the calico cat's urine. I'm not sure. I don't know what kind of technology is in hell. From there, the brood wrap explains that it is slathered in savory tzatziki sauce. And I assume that it means that uh, this, the tzatziki sauce is made from the ejaculate of 1,000 orangutan masturbating to a mirrored monolith from space so when he says that we see this this giant just really shiny glossy rectangle flying through space i mean that's i guess what a monolith is it's flying through space and it comes down and it is on this planet it looks almost like mars and there's just a bunch of uh, monkeys or, or orangutan there i guess more specifically looking at it and they're all just masturbating you don't see their penises or anything obviously but their arms are moving up and down and so yeah that's, that's the visuals we've gotten so far let's hear carl's reaction to all of this how is it legal you call yourself vegan and then you be filled with like monkey spunk that's definitely an animal byproduct we lied about what it is about what i truly am <laughs> <laughs> so you may have caught something based on a comment i made earlier the brood wrap didn't say it was vegan it said it was vegetarian and there is a difference there vegetarianism is when you don't eat animals Veganism is when you don't even eat products derived from animals. So like vegans won't drink cow's milk, for example, even though, you know, vegetarians will because that's not actually eating a cow. So Carl is saying that it's vegan and the brood wrap kind of goes along with it saying we lied, but the brood wrap said that it was vegetarian. So a fun little discrepancy there. So anyways, the big reveal here is that, yeah, the brood wrap lied about what it truly is. It's, it's not uh, vegan at all, even though, again, it, it said it was vegetarian earlier. Anyways. It's going to keep rattling on its ingredients, and of course, we will talk about what we see on the other side. Pumice made from squeezing the demonic pus of the infected <laughs> backs of Jedites, rolled in a tortilla from the peeled skin of a rabbit jackal. All right, so I'm going to cut in here because there's just so much going on. And, and apologies, I mean, obviously, I guess it's not my fault, but there's just so much visual stuff to this episode. We're almost through it. But first, when the brood wrap mentions hummus, we see there's this dragon thing in hell carrying it in its feet. It makes no sense at all. But then we cut when it says 
Hummus made from squeezing the demonic pus of the infected backs of deadites. Deadites, from my research, are from the film Evil Dead. They just look like zombie kind of things. And yeah, we see this zombie, uh, purple-skinned, evil-looking guy in hell. And his back is covered in these giant boil zit things that are so gross. And then these two red hands come in and pop one. It fills the screen with pus. And then we see, randomly, the brood rap driving on a motorcycle. It's like a real tricked-out hell motorcycle with a skull, uh, a skeleton on it and everything. It's really crazy. It doesn't really make sense why they show that, though. I think, I assume this motorcycle asset is from another episode, so they're just like, fuck it, throw it in. It looks awesome. And then it says, rolled in a tortilla from the peeled skin of a rabid jackal. So there we see a jackal, which is kind of like a dog. It's looking, laughing at the camera. And there's a, a actually like a little bite, a rip taken out of its right ear, which is a nice touch. But it's laughing and its mouth is, is foaming because it's supposed to be rabid. And then its skin just rips off and blood goes everywhere. Really gory. We see the musculature of the jackal underneath. Really, really, again, really gory here. Really fun stuff. Something I noticed, though, is when the jackal's skin rips off, because I looked at it frame by frame, when the fur and like the skin part rips off, the teeth go with it, which don't really make sense. Like, why would the teeth come off with the skin? And also, the eyes come off with the skin, but it still has its eyes on underneath. It doesn't really make sense. But still, it's a really cool animation. And, you know, we don't really get anything like this in season two of the show, which is, you know, the main part of the show that we're covering right now. But real quick, this thing was vegetarian up until this point. Now that it has the, the flesh of a jackal in it, it's not vegetarian anymore. So they definitely lied. We can't establish that. Vegan... Vegetarian doesn't matter. It's neither. So let's continue on. This is our last clip of all this visual stuff. After that, uh, this won't be as visual heavy. I want to mention we will see the brood wrap and it now has a sombrero on and it has a maraca in its tail and it shakes the maraca. You'll hear that. This image was shown ahead of the Aquadunk side piece episodes airing. And when I saw that, I assumed, I'm like, oh, it's the Brood Rito. That's what it's going to be, right? Because it does look like there's maybe beans inside and we see some what looks like melted cheese. But no, they went the wrap route. But this thing really looks like a burrito to me. But whatever. Uh, let's jump in to our last visual heavy clip. And did I say Chipotle? I meant jitters for that extra south on the board. And jackfruit, which tastes like shit, even to hippies who <laughs> pretend to love it. All served on a bed of evil and lettuce. Bed of evil and lettuce. So that clip begins with the brood rap saying, and did I say Chipotle? I meant chiggers. In case you don't know what chiggers are, we see one uh, kind of on the episode. It's a giant chigger. Uh, they are also known as spider mites, berry bugs, harvest mites bush mites, red bugs, or scrub itch mites. So maybe you'll be familiar with one of those terms. But yeah, they're these little red bugs that can bite you, and they're just annoying. They're annoying as hell. And we see one in hell. It's a giant one uh, with a big uh, devil tail, kind of similar to the brood wrap. So no chipotle, but there are chiggers, I guess, which I, I can't imagine that uh, if you squish up chiggers that it would taste similar to chipotle, but all right. And then it says, and jackfruit, which tastes like shit even to hippies who pretend to love it. I've never had jackfruit, and if I was smart, I would have, you know, tried to seek some out before this episode. Looking up the flavor really quick, I guess when they're not ripe, they're more of a, of a savory kind of flavor, and they soak up sauce as well, so people use them to cook with sauces and stuff. But if you, if you let it get ripe, I guess it's sweet, and it tastes similar to other tropical fruits like mango or pineapple. So... I'll have to try one one of these days. Maybe I'll make an update after I have a jackfruit. But they look really interesting. 
There's something called trypophobia, which is the disgust or fear of a pattern or holes. The outside of a jackfruit really reminds me of that. It's like all these little black dots uh, kind of coming out of the rind. It's, it's, it's an interesting look to it. And we see one when the brood rap is saying that we see one in hell with the Dr. Weird guitar that we first saw in the fourth episode of the entire series, Mayhem of the Moon Knights. As you know, I love how they bring that back. If you want to hear me talk more about that guitar, listen to the fourth episode of this podcast on Mayhem of the Moon Knights. It's rocking out. It's got several different amps here. It's not plugged into any of them, but somehow the sound is transferring. But it's not the weird amp that we saw in Mayhem of the Moon Knights. These are new amps. He's got some stacks. He's got all sorts of stuff going on. This guy's rocking out in hell. And then we get a shot of, of hippies when it says, which tastes like shit even to hippies who pretend to love it. We see a bunch of hippies drumming around out at a park or, or near a forest somewhere. And there's a, a giant jackfruit sitting there in front of them. And these hippies we saw back in the episode Skins, which was season 10, episode 6. So I, I have seen that one. That's, that's a fun episode. Uh, these are the same hippies from that episode, although some of them are in a different order. So they did move those assets around a little bit. But it's the same hippies drumming with a, with a jackfruit in the center kind of cut up. So that clip ended with the brood rap saying, all served on a bed of evil and lettuce. Bed of evil and lettuce. So throwback to the brood witch episode. And then Carl is going to chime in here with another throwback to that episode. I noticed you didn't mention uh, sun-dried... No sun-dried tomatoes this time. <laughs> a lesson has been learned. <laughs> you hear right there Carl breaking hard in front of the Aqua Teen's house. But before we get to that... You hear Carl saying, you didn't mention sun-dried tomatoes. And that, of course, a throwback to the Brood Witch episode because that was famously how Shake avoided eating the entire Brood Witch because he doesn't like sun-dried tomatoes. I'll get into those little suckers when we cover the Brood Witch on this podcast. But fun throwback to that episode again. And interesting here that Carl even knew about that because, again, Carl was not in that episode. So you assume that he knows about that because... Frylock, Meatwad, Shake must have told him about it. Now, of course, there are continuity issues because Shake gets killed on that episode, of course, so how would he have told Carl about that? Whatever. Uh, I'd like to imagine them talking about it somehow. In reality, I wonder if Dave and Matt forgot uh, that Carl wasn't in that episode or what the deal was. I don't know, but, but just fun to hear Carl bring that up. And again, I'm so glad to have Carl interacting with the brood rap here and not have it be like the return of Hand Banana where it was, you know, Ham Banana and Carl, basically. I'm glad it's not Master Shake and the Brood Rap, and he's just, oh, trying not to eat it again. I'm glad they took a totally different approach here with this, uh, let's say, quote, villain. But it's cool that the Brood Rap did learn from its mistake. It, it learned. It, there, there is character growth and character development in Aqua Teen. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. So like I said, at the end of the clip, though, Carl braked in front of the Aqua Teen's house. Now, it's funny because we see him, you know, like seconds earlier driving clearly downtown in a city somewhere. And then he's suddenly just at the Aqua Teen's house. We've seen, of course, they are near the city, but they are in it. So kind of funny there. But hey, they've only got three minutes to play with. I'll cut him some slack. He pulls in front of the Aqua Teen's house. We see it is the Aqua Teen's that have ordered this wrap. So I love that they brought this back around to the Aqua Teens. This could have very easily just have been a Brood Rap and Carl episode, but they brought the Aqua Teens back, which is nice. It's important because Aqua Teen went off the air seven years ago. We want to see these characters again right now, goddammit. So I appreciate that they bring all the Aqua Teens back. 
But before we see the Aqua Teens, Carl, he's going to have a little final conversation with the Brood Rap. He is going to hock a loogie on the Brood Rap. A great throwback. We first saw Carl do this in Season 2, Episode 7, Super Sirloin, where Meatwatch trying to get food. And then Carl hocks a loogie into the bag saying that it's oysters. And, and he says that they were farm-raised in his throat with cheese. Here, Carl is going to do a similar thing. This loogie that he's going to spit onto the brood wrap, much more detailed than we saw, of course, in season two, Super Sirloin. But he says, fresh oyster, no half shell, Jersey style. So let's give it a listen. Ah, uh, well, I think you forgot one other ingredient. Fresh oyster, no half shell. No, don't do that. Wait, no. Jersey style. <laughs> Why would you do that? That's so gross. Because I ain't nobody's ding dong dummy. So Carl standing up for himself here. He's taking a stand. He's nobody's ding dong dummy. Again, ding dong dummy said again, they have yet to say ding dong doofus, even though that's what's written everywhere. And let's continue on with our next scene. We're finally going to see Master Shake. And because this leads directly into a joke because he says, I'm nobody's ding dong dummy. And then Shake's going to open the door. He's like, ah, ding dong dummy. Ah, ding dong dummy. You have arrived <laughs> with my rations. Put the wrap on the porch and back away. I don't want your germs on it. Fucking gig economy. So funny thing here, Carl, you know, he had his special bag to carry food around in. Now he literally, he just drops the brood wrap onto the stoop. It's, it's exposed and everything because we saw the ingredients inside of it earlier. You can see it's opened somewhat. So it's not wrapped up or anything. He just drops it. But fun little reference to just uh, leave it at the door style delivery, which I love. I don't want to fucking talk to somebody if I don't have to. And I know they don't want to talk to me. That way they don't have to wait for me to open the fucking door or anything. Just leave it there. You can go on with your day. I don't need you to hand it to me. I can bend over and pick it up. And they kind of poke fun at this because when these episodes were made, it was more in the full swing of the pandemic, probably about a year ago. Just poking fun at that. I don't want your germs on it. Back away. But again, th this thing is fully exposed. Carl spit on it. You would be able to see that. Although when he's holding the brood wrap and he drops it, there's no spit on it anymore. But just imagine somebody, they go to hand you your cheeseburger and, and the foil is off of it and it's, it's exposed. <laughs> I wouldn't want it anymore. Anyways, changing gears here, you'll notice that that clip opened with Master Shake saying, hey, ding dong dummy. And that leads me into the Dana Snyder info that I have exclusive to this podcast. And I know it's a question that when I tell you the shocking answer, you'll either be like, what? Or who cares? So Dana recently got a dog named Donut. Very, very cute dog. And he made an Instagram for the dog, probably maybe back in like February or something. And the Instagram page is ding dong donut. So when I saw this episode, because I was already following his dog's Instagram, that's right. I follow dog Instagrams now. And I saw this short and I was like, oh my God. So I emailed Dana and I said, hey, is your dog's Instagram page's name based on this Aquadonk short? And Dana responded saying, no, it is an absolute coincidence. I almost can't believe it. So very funny there. Maybe you were following that page or you had seen it. Total coincidence. And if you're not following that page or you just want to see Dana's new dog, again, it's very cute. Go to Instagram.com slash Ding Dong Donut or check the show notes. Give it a follow. Anyways, great line from Carl. Fucking gig economy because during the pandemic, so many people had to turn to that. And I've talked to people who love this episode because they drive for DoorDash still and, and stuff like that. So just love seeing these characters in the modern day. Love seeing Matt, Dave, the entire gang's take on the current state of the world. And it just really makes me pine and long 
for more Aqua Teen episodes. But of course, we have eight other shorts to discuss, as well as the rest of this short. So let's keep on with it. Fucking gig economy. And Shake is just going to add insult to injury, or rather injury to insult, because he's going to go get some hot change. He'll run back with a pan with red hot change in it and throw it on the ground. Let's give it a listen. Hold on, hold on. Let me get your tip. Here. Hot change. Get away, Tom. <laughs> Payday. Your money's all over the street, dummy. Uh, yeah, I'll come back when it cools. Where are you going? There's at least 45 cents there. You can give me my satisfaction. <laughs> fuck this is such like a really specific reference to something obviously i don't know what they're referencing it's just so cruel and awful and strange i mean why would shake want him to leave it at, at the stoop and not hand it to him but then be like oh here i'll hand you change because somebody who's conscious about that you'd probably just you know pay and tip them on the app you know in doordash and uber eats can you even tip with real money i don't know that you even can. I, I don't know. I never tried to. I mean, of course, I guess you can just hand somebody the money. There's nothing stopping you from doing that. But but yeah, Shake just being a complete asshole here. And I should mention when he is running out to throw the hot change into the street, he kicks the brood wrap out onto the sidewalk from the stoop. As Carl has done all episode, he tears ass out of there. He's, he's out. He's got stuff to do. And now Shake, he's still holding the sizzling hot pan. And he's going to ask Frylock or Meatwad if they want the wrap, which is strangely kind of him. I mean, maybe unless he's trying to kill them, but like, I I don't know that that's the case. He just doesn't want the wrap. He just wanted to fuck with somebody. He didn't actually want the food. It's just very strange because the shake I know in season one and season two is pretty food obsessed. Anyways, yeah, he's going to ask those guys if they want it. Let's hear how it goes. Frylock, you want a wrap? Nah, man, I don't care for wraps. Meatwad! What's your milder? So Miwad looks at the brood wrap and says, what are you made of? So interesting here. Why would he expect the brood wrap to respond to him? Because again, in Brood Witch, I know I'm really hammering this point home and I've really just said it so many times, but the brood witch didn't talk. So it's weird that he's like looking at it and talking to it, expecting it to respond. But it does. It's about to tell Meatwad what it's made of. And Meatwad's going to cut it off. Let's give that a listen. The ejaculate of a thousand orangutan masterpiece. <laughs> That don't sound good to me. <laughs> oh, damn. So that is the brood rap crawling away over to the change now. But I just love, I love that. We see that we see the orangutans again in the same image of, of them all just like masturbating around the monolith. And Meatwad just like, no, thank you. That don't sound good to me. Very funny. Really reminiscent to me of a cybernetic ghost of Christmas past from the future joke because sometimes that thing will start to go on some long-winded story and they'll just cut it off and that's exactly what happens here. I love that kind of humor. And yeah, the, the brood rap crawls away. Let's hear our final clip from the episode. It's going to inquire about the change and Shake is going to get jealous. Anybody want this change? I'm getting it. Ah! <laughs> ah, God! Why would you make it this hard? Why would you make it this hot? Shake is the one who heated it up. He goes, he he runs over to pick it up and you see his hand melt onto it. It's so, it's so disgusting how, how hot this change is and he keeps trying to pick it up. Very funny ending there. And of course that music you hear is, I guess, the original uh, theme song for Aquadong side pieces and the credits start scrolling past. And something interesting that Dave Willis said recently is that they only have end credits so that the episodes have an ending because otherwise the episodes just wouldn't have an ending that made sense. So with Shake picking up this change, change and then suddenly the credits go over and the music starts playing you get it oh the episode is over without that if it just went to a black screen or whatever and the video was over it'd be 
not as smooth, I feel like. So really funny that they just really added credits just as a cop-out uh, for an ending, I suppose, or, or, or as, as a means to an easy ending. Which, again, because of the length of the episodes, makes sense. So that is Brood Rap, beat by beat, all uh, probably two minutes and something seconds of it. Let me just give you my thoughts on it as a whole. As I said, I love Brood Rap so much. Like I said in the episode already, and as I said in the Hampinetta episode, I, I was kind of hesitant based on that episode because it was just felt like more of the same. This one felt like something new. We got the Brood Rap, obviously, interacting with Carl in itself is new, but seeing Carl drive for Ding Dong Dummy, or, or sorry, Ding Dong Doofus, I guess, as it said on the text, was really fun. And honestly... I felt like a lot of the other ones were really great self-contained stories. I wish this one was longer. I would love to see this one in 11 minutes because just the idea of Carl driving for a DoorDash-like company in itself without any villains could make it just a fantastic episode. So I was disappointed and sad that like, oh, they had this great concept and they couldn't make it longer, especially with the whole brood rap thing. I would have loved if they could have gotten... John Glazer, H. John Benjamin to come back as those stick guys in some new interesting way. And overall, yeah, I just really love this one. A lot of visual stuff, but I really liked the visuals they had. They were all entertaining and fun. Obviously, as always, doesn't make for the best podcasting experience every single time. But as just a viewer, I loved this one so much. I have to give this one, I think I'm going to give it five hot pennies out of five. I feel like any short that makes you say, wow, that needs to be longer. That is a good short. That is accomplishing its job and more. So I, again, I just was really blown away by this one. I loved the new context of our villain that we don't get in all of them, which we don't need to get in all of them. That's fine. But I loved when they did it here. I loved Carl driving for Ding Dong Doofus. There's just so many great moments packed into such a short little episode. And just I was so glad on seeing this one again back when it aired because was hesitant on the first one. This one, I said, all right, the boys are back. They know what's going on. They know how to get it done in this even shorter amount of time. And just so excited to dig into more of the Aquadong side pieces, as well as, you know, talk about the actual Brood Witch episode coming up this month. Hopefully now I am getting married in June. So hopefully things can stay on schedule. Who knows? I'll, I'll always have something out for you. But yeah, thank you so much for listening along. Thank you again to Nick Gibbons, Dana Snyder for answering my dumbass questions. And if this is your first time listening to me, if you're like looking for Aquadong stuff and you found this, I'm doing this same format and more for the full episodes. We are in the second season. As I said, we are about to talk about the episode, The Shaving, a classic. So excited for that one. So you can find me at dancingisforbidden.com for all sorts of ways to listen, Spotify, YouTube, whatever, whatever you want to do. I'm probably there. So again, thanks for listening along. This was a very fun one to talk about, and I'm, I'm just glad that. Aquadonk was a thing. I'm glad it existed. Excited for the movie to come out, of course. I'll keep giving you information as I get more my way. As always, thank you to all the wonderful patrons who support this show. Shout out to our number one in the Hoodgie tier patrons. Sean, Ian, Josh, Keenan, Hope to Dope, Captain Buford, Brian, Robison, and Carl. You guys can eat my rap any day of the week. I'll see you all next week when we discuss Season 2, Episode 15, the shaving. Bye-bye. Dancing is forbidden.